You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. My name is Todd Lesher, and I'm grateful to have you listening in. I'm thrilled to introduce you to our guest today. We will be talking with Sandra Stanley, the author of Comparison Trap and Breathing Room. So thanks for joining in. Enjoy the conversation. Well, hey, Sandra, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. Well, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell our listeners about yourself a little bit? All right. Well, let's see. Um, I'm married to Andy. We have uh, been in ministry for all 32 years of our of our marriage. Um, we've got three kids, two in-law kids. Okay. Our, two of our kids are married. We've been foster parents for about 10 years. So we've had foster kids in and out of our home. Awesome. Um, yeah, so that's that's been interesting. It adds a whole other facet to the whole parenting journey. Right. Um, but my ministry passion is... Um, using my platform of influence to bridge the gap between mm. foster care and local churches or okay. really between local churches and what's going on with foster care in their communities, kind of bridging that gap. Um, in empty nesterhood, I decided to go back for a graduate degree. Mm. So I finished my master's just this past May at Dallas Theological Seminary. That was kind of crazy. Awesome. And yeah. also awesome. It, yeah. I crammed a, um, two year program into about four and a half years. <laughs> I've been there. So, yep. Um, yeah, did that. But anyway, so yeah, that's that's kind of um, what we do. Indy and I are empty nesters now and loving life and ministry in this different season. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your time with us. And a couple years ago, uh, you came out with a book called Comparison Trap, and that caught my attention immediately. And from however many years ago that came out, I was like, I would love to get Sandra on the podcast because... Sometimes I feel like parenting gets equated with comparison. And so we're going to talk about comparison. So why don't you jump in to the topic and the book and get us started here? Right. I'm happy to. Um, You know, the funny thing about comparison or really anything that we want to relay to our kids or try to teach our kids or help our kids navigate um, is that we really do have to get it right first. Mm. And our kids are masterful, I would say, at knowing what's really going on with us. Even when we think we're pulling something, you know, the wool over their eyes a little bit, um, they're pretty masterful, especially when it comes to something that we're trying to hide or to camouflage. Um, We go to correct them on it and they flip the table around and kind of blow us out of the water with, but you don't do that, mom, or Mm. that's not what you said when you were on the phone. You know, they just, they just hear us, right? They, they know our lives and they hear. So um, the other thing, and part of why I think they really, you know, they know we struggle with it is that comparison is so universal. It is so common to everybody. It is no respecter of gender or age or season of life. It's um, honestly, it's really no respecter even of spiritual maturity because we just all slip into it so quickly um, and so easily. So before we really hit it in the realm of parenting, I feel Mm -hmm. like we have to kind of turn the tables a little and address it in our own lives. Okay. So let me get this straight. Uh, You're saying we don't outgrow this and... (laughs) And you're an empty nester. And so it doesn't doesn't get easier. Is that, I mean. (laughs) So sorry to break this to you. Um, You know, one thing that I've learned is that parents have a double dose. Mm. Not only do we work on our own 
you know, kind of junk and personal comparison stuff, but we want our kids to be successful and, yeah. and, you know, we want them to reach their potential. And, and it's so easy to slip into comparing them to other kids. And, um, when I was working on this comparison trap material for moms a few years ago, I realized that I was right smack in the middle of what seemed like a great illustration mm. in my own life. Our kids were in that season of figuring out what they were going to do after high school. Um, we were navigating college applications and creating their resumes and, you know, just making plans, kind of getting ready to launch into that next season with them. And it was nearly impossible not to look around and compare where everybody else, all their friends were applying for college oh, yeah. and what their activities were on their resume and, you know, what their SAT scores were and their GPAs and you just all the stuff. Hmm. And it quickly became where was everybody else accepted? You know, it wasn't hard to get caught up in all of that yeah. and to, um, you know, to, to dive in and try to help our kids navigate it. It was extra hard because we were kind of navigating it too. And, um, it's easy to start modeling something that we never want to model. Sure. In fact, you know, we want to model the very opposite of that. So working on that was a great exercise for me when I was kind of recrafting some of this material to be specifically for moms and that comparison, dim you know, dilemma made it very current for yeah. me. Um, and then to your earlier point, to make it even more discouraging, I asked my mom, I said, mom, when does this end? And she, she just laughed. She said, sweetie, in this season of life that I'm in as a grandmother and all that, my friends and I are all tempted to compare, to compare how each other, you know, who's aging well, you know, or yeah. who's healthy, who's not healthy, whose grandchildren are doing what, who got an appointment to the Naval Academy. I mean, you just, mm. you know, they're just, they're having their same conversations yeah. and, you know, getting pulled into that trap of comparison as well. And that was the point when I realized this is a forever tension to manage. Yeah, there and you go. Yeah, just something that requires renewing our minds regularly in prayer, in scripture, and with some accountability around us as well. Okay. And it's really important, that phrase that you just used, it's a tension to manage, right? right? We can't grow out of it and we can't escape it, especially if we have a phone in our hands, right? Uh -oh. It's like, it just seems to be increased more and more. So. That's why would you say it's difficult for people, and in our case, for parents, to appreciate our God-given uniqueness rather than we were just wishing that we were more like someone else? Yeah. Um, well, I think what you just said, you know, we've got a phone in our hand. Mm -hmm. We live in an age of awareness. Yeah. And awareness drives our discontentment. Um, we take a quick look at certain apps on our phones. We know where everybody else is vacationing, what they're buying, what they're doing. That's right. We see other people's kids' accomplishments. And, you know, um, most of us, because we're, you know, fairly mature, we've been around the block a few <laughs> times, we're able to truly celebrate for other people. Um, but when things aren't going so well in our own families or we find ourselves frustrated or we're feeling behind for whatever reason, um, it's, hard, it's easier to fall into that trap and mm -hmm. we're fine until we, you know, took a look at Instagram and saw all their successes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, awareness definitely drives discontentment. Um, but there's something else, you know, whether we're comparing ourselves to other people or comparing our kids to other kids, comparison at its core if we really dig down deep, it's about glory, okay. um, but it's not about, um, you know, it's about our glory mm. instead of God's glory. Yeah. And, you know, at the, the very foundation of it, I think we want the attention, we want the applause, we want the admiration. And so we put ourselves in the center 
by constantly comparing ourselves to other people and and to people around us. And we find ourselves striving for it, um, striving to deserve the glory, or at least, you know, on social media, make it look like we deserve, right. you know, some, some glory. And um, when I go to scripture, immediately Psalm 19 pops into my mind. It's one of my favorites. And it starts with the heavens declare the glory of God. Mm -hmm. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. And this, this psalm goes on. It's one that I actually memorized this past summer because it's just such a powerful thought to place the one who deserves glory where the one who deserves yes. belongs. Um, so it's, it's just one of my favorites. He's the one that's glorious. And when our eyes and our hearts are set on him appropriately, mm -hmm. Um, we f are far less likely to fall into that trap of comparison because mm. our they need to be and and we are concerned about the glory of the one who deserves it rather than our own. Yeah, and I would love parents as you're listening in just to to sit in that 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 truth that it's about God's glory, but so much of our human nature is seeking our own glory and getting caught up in that. So thank you for that, bringing that to our attention. But in the book, you talk about how we like to dress up our envy and comparison in nicer clothes. So what do you mean by that? <laughs> this is our defense mechanism okay. right here. You know, it's, it, you know, this very thing is how I think we try to hide our comparison or rationalize it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so a thought provoking question that I came up with that may be irritating to our listeners, mm. but just hang with me for a second. Has anyone ever pushed their child to perform better? like in school or in sports or whatever, you know, kind of their proclivity is, um, push their child to perform better as a way of helping them, quote, reach their potential hmm. when really at the root of it, it's, you know, what we're most concerned is how their achievement reflects on us. Yeah. So, you know, that's just kind of a question also hmm. to let sit out there for a second. Have you ever pushed your child to perform better as a way of helping them reach their potential when really it was about how their achievement reflected on you? Hmm. Um, it's a it's a powerful thing. And if you know, if you've been a parent very long, you've seen this. And it's not attractive. Yeah. Uh, both of our boys played baseball. That was like their sport. And there was always every single season at some point, there is a dad coach who falls prey to this. Mm. And this can happen in soccer in baseball and football and right. cheerleading. I mean, you know, no matter what your kid is playing, you, you're going to see this. Um, sometimes it's kind of all season long and this parent doesn't even really realize it, but they mm. are coming down so hard on their kid. And sometimes they're pushing their kid to end up hating the game mm. and everybody in the stands kind of sees it. And they know this is really about the dad. This isn't about Johnny. You yeah. know, this is about the dad. And we all end up feeling so sorry for that kid. Um, and, and I think it's pretty common yeah. for, for parents to fall prey to that. A girlfriend of mine who has an 11 year old son who plays soccer, he's, he's a really, really good soccer player. And he plays on one of those competitive travel teams. And it's kind of, I mean, you kind of have to laugh, but she doesn't really think it's all that funny, but mm. I laugh anyway. Um, almost every game he gets hurt mm. and, and not hurt, hurt, but you know, just kind of some kind of little thing. Cause you know, sports are rough yeah. and he'll start crying and he'll have to leave the field. You know, the coach will pull him off or whatever. And like, this is every game. It's not like twice a season. And every time he does this, my friend gets so frustrated. And then she uses the car ride home to lecture him about toughening up mm. and, you know, when you really press her a little bit, though, she will say, 
she doesn't want him to get a reputation for being a crier. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want the other kids to make fun of him. But when you press her a little more, she finally acknowledges that her disappointment and frustration was really more about how his crying was reflecting on her. And since none of the other kids were making it a habit of crying after, you know, during each game, she was taking it so personally. And Mm -hmm. so she laughed when she told me that story and she gave me permission to share it because it really is something, you know, we dress our, you know, we dress our comparison up in nicer clothes. We try yeah. to put another spin on it. I don't want him to be a crier. I don't want people to make fun of him. I want her to reach her potential. You know, we just dress it up when really, um, really it's about comparison. And when we fall into that, yeah. that envy and that ambition robs us of our own peace and joy. And hmm. it hurts our relationships yeah. with our kids. So, you know, so if comparison is causing you to push your kids towards success so that you look good, it is going to, in the long run, and maybe even in the short run, cost you relationally yep. with your kids. Yeah, and I've been there. I've been where your friend is on the car ride home from basketball, and I just have to bite my tongue because I want to do the same thing. Because either the performance, positive or negatively, on, on the court, for basketball specifically, I'm just going, man, that makes me look bad, right? And so I, I've learned through some advice from some friends is you bite your tongue or you say, I enjoyed watching you play. <laughs> Let that be it. Let that be it. Yeah, and it is so it's, it's counterintuitive mm-hmm. though, isn't it? Because it really is. we want to defend ourselves and it goes back to that glory thing. Yep. So, Yeah, my glory days were in high school, so I don't know what I can speak out of. You know, when I was in high school, I was scoring two points a game. So you've given some great examples. Um, You talked about college or even with career, you know, um, and then with sports. So I think that applies to a majority of parents listening. But whether it's sports, when it comes to our child's performance, there is that dressing it up in nicer clothes. I've really appreciated that. So none of us want to undermine our relationship with our kids. That's why parents are listening to this podcast. So parenting and raising mature children um, is important to everyone listening. So I would love for you to dig a little bit deeper and talk about the parenting side of comparison. Yeah. Uh, You know, one of the things that Andy and I love to talk about when we're talking to parents um, is teaching our kids about honor Hmm. and um, by that honoring God, honoring parents and honoring the people around them. Honor is such an important um, idea. It's so important, in fact, that, you know, if our kids can grasp the idea and practice honoring other people, we really don't have to have a whole lot of other rules. Mm-hmm. You know, if in any given decision they make or they face, if they choose the honor option, the thing that's going to honor another person, they're going to consistently make, you know, wise, the wisest and best choices. Yeah. Um, so when we bring honor into the conversation about comparison, um, we see such a contrast between these two things because mm-hmm. comparison at its core is selfish. Yeah. Um, it's personal satisfaction at somebody else's expense really is what comparison is. Um, in a school situation for our kids, it might be as simple as my presentation was definitely better than hers or yeah. my grades are better than his or, you know, whatever. In a social media scenario, it might be, man, I have so many more followers mm-hmm. than he does, you know, or, you know, just comparing all of that. Those are the ones where our kids see themselves as coming out on top. Uh, but sometimes it's flipped and this can be dangerous too. When, um, you know, whether they come out on the top or the bottom, though, selfishness is at the core. But if we contrast that to honor, 
for a second, you know, it's you before me. Mm-hmm. It's what's best for you. It's what's best, mm. even if it costs me something. And um, so again, for our kids, a couple of illustrations are, you know, it might sound like to one of their friends, Hey, your presentation was so cool. Or, um, how about you be the cleanup batter of this game? You really played well last time. For our high schoolers, it may be a little different. It might be a heartfelt, hey, congratulations for getting into tech. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Or or what a great, I love your purse. What, I love that color. You know, yeah. just being complimentary, finding ways to honor people for their accomplishments or for the things that might make us a little bit jealous. And, um, you know, that's what honor rather than comparison sounds like. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that we can really coach our kids on and help them learn to notice and to compliment a friend who they might otherwise be tempted to compare themselves against. Mm. And, um, you know, sometimes honor really does boil down to simply noticing and complimenting or noticing and encouraging. And those are simple ideas for us to communicate to our kids. Um, as we kind of draw, draw, draw a contrast between them. But, um, but here's the deal about comparison. And I think this is This is for all of us, adults and kids alike. When we evaluate someone, you know, our own success or failure against the success or failure of someone else or other people, we just lose every single time we lose, whether we come up short and find ourselves discouraged or frustrated or angry or jealous or whatever, or it's just as dangerous when we come out on top because there's such a tendency to be prideful. And um, so either way, comparison is a trap. It just leads to loss, but honor leads to gain. Yeah. There was some really great insight there. So parents, if you need to pause and rewind a minute and a half, there's some gold right in there. So earlier you talked about memorizing scripture as something that really helped you kind of navigate through the comparison traps that show up in your life. But do you have any other practical tips for how we can teach our children to manage comparison in their lives and to pivot from comparison to honor? Yeah, you know, like so many things in parenting, I think it boils down to three things. Model it for your kids, practice it with your kids, and celebrate it like crazy Mm. when they get it right. Um, So many things in parenting boil down to those three things. For for modeling it, um, you know, be open about your own comparison struggles and let them see you handle it the way you would encourage them to handle it. Um, And ask yourself, you know, are my kids seeing me celebrate a coworker who seems to always be ahead of me? Are they hearing me compliment and encourage a friend or a family member on their successes, even when I'm feeling like I'm kind of coming up short a little bit? But just, you know, ask yourself, where are the opportunities in my personal life that I can model this for my kids and and in a way that they see it, you know, not just trying to get it right for your own, you know, spiritual growth and handling it correctly, but in a way that's a little bit visible to them, you know, talk through what your struggles are with comparison and model um, that whole idea of noticing and encouraging or noticing and complimenting. Um, And then for practicing, I I laugh about practicing. Andy and I practice everything with Mm -hmm. our kids. I mean, we practice everything. We would, if we were getting ready to have dinner guests, you know, with this when they were little, we would have them practice answering the door. And for the boys, it was get your hands out there like a <laughs> like a rocket ship, you know, yep. get your hand out there first. So we would just practice everything. Andy would go outside, close the door, ring the doorbell, you know, and the boys would That's practice good. greeting a guest. We practiced everything. We practiced <laughs> table manners. We practiced hard conversations. Mm. When we knew our kids were going to be faced with kind of having a hard conversation with somebody, we would, we would practice it with it, um, practice with them on that. There was one time, and I promise this is true, 
there was one time Andy was driving Allie to school when she was in eighth grade and he role played mm. and practiced her breaking up with a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so all the way to school, they're doing this role play on breaking up. Dad. And, and, you know, that's, that's what yeah. she said. But later she was kind of glad yeah, I bet. that she had had an opportunity to kind of get her words around, you know, what she wanted to say. So um, I think practicing is, is super important. Empathetically listening when they're struggling um, with comparison is part of that practicing and validating their feelings is part of the practicing, giving them some ideas for dealing with it. Um, so, you know, so there's all that. The third thing is just celebrating it like crazy. When you see your kids get this right, you celebrate them because yeah. what we have learned in parenting and what all of you have known, if you've parented any amount of time is that what is rewarded mm -hmm. is repeated. And, um, you know, what we reward in our kids, they're going to go, yeah, I need to do that again. That got some good response. Yeah. So, you know, notice when they get it right. So those three things, model it, practice it, celebrate it, I think are, are huge. Awesome. Thank you for sharing those. So we're recording this in 2020. What a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But parenting Gosh. didn't stop in 2020. Yeah. And I would love for you to share some parting thoughts or encouragement for the Forest Hill listeners as we start to wrap this up? Yeah, it has been crazy. And like you said, parenting hasn't stopped. It's just a whole lot of other yeah. stuff has been piled yeah. on as it relates to hard conversations and as it relates to schoolwork and, you know, just figuring it all out. It's, it's been a lot. It's been a crazy year. I don't think any of us have seen anything like this before. Um, in my world and with our staff and with the parents that we encounter who are trying to figure out school and work and COVID and all that, I see so much fatigue, mm. you know, just yeah. parents are tired, um, frustration, all that. But in, in the midst of all of that, you know, parents, we all want to get this right. Yep. Everybody wants to get the parenting thing right because we all know we have one shot at it and we don't get a redo. So we want to get it right even in the in the darker or harder seasons of it. Um, but years ago when our kids were small, Andy did a sermon series from the book of Nehemiah. Mm -hmm. And during one of the sermons, Nehemiah 6.3 just jumped out at me as an anchor verse in my parenting. Um, and, you know, for me at that time, I was homeschooling. So mm -hmm. I... I posted this verse all over my mm -hmm. world. I mean, I had it on an index card in my car. I had it on the wall in our schoolroom. I had it as a screensaver. I mean, it was just a way that I renewed my mind daily yeah. to, um, to what I needed to do as parents. So a little bit of backstory. Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the Persian king, Artaxerxes. And this was after Babylonian captivity. So some Jews were slowly making their way back. And um, God called Nehemiah to lead the charge in rebuilding the walls around the city of Jerusalem. And it was a huge job. Um, I, I laughingly say it was high stakes <laughs> because you know, walls were protection and yep. there were people, you know, at that same time who were profiting from there being no walls. Sure. So they were not happy, didn't want to see the job be done, get done. Um, they wanted to impede his progress on building the walls. So they went to work trying to distract him, trying to stop the work. But Nehemiah remained focused on what God had called him to do. And he looked at the people. I mean, he's literally on his ladder. He's working. He looks down at the people who are trying to distract him. And he said, listen, I am doing a great work mm. and I cannot come down. Yeah. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. And I'm telling you, it dawned on me in that moment that my great work was my kids 
that there were actually very few roles in my life that can be only done by me. Hmm. And, you know, someone someday, some, you know, is going to have my job someday. Yeah. Somebody else is going to plan the event. Somebody else is going to own our stuff. I mean, you know, there's somebody else can do everything else, but nobody else can parent our kids hmm. the way God intended for us to parent them. Yes. So, um, I just realized that's my, my unique role is to be Andrew's mom and Garrett's mom and Allie's mom and Andy's wife. Yeah. So that verse again was such an anchor scripture for me. And I just put it everywhere. The big takeaway for Andy and me in that season based on that verse was we have to learn to say no or not right now to certain invitations and opportunities, even the good ones that would come our way. And, um, so that we could say yes to the most important things. I am doing a great work Mm. and I cannot be distracted. I can't come down. I can't say yes to a bunch of stuff that's going to distract me from what God's calling me to do in this season. And again, you know, as parents, we don't get the good stuff back. You know, we have one round of having preschoolers and we have one round of having Mm. our you know, our, our elementary age kids. And if we miss it, it's gone and we don't do over. So Andy and I just really didn't want to miss it. So that verse again, became such an anchor verse to help us, you know, just to renew our minds and remind us that, you know, what we're doing now is important and we can say yes later. Mm. Um, One of my favorite things to say, particularly to moms is, a no for now doesn't mean a no for always. Right. It's just a no for now. In mm. this season, with this set of circumstances, um, it's a no for now. So, you know, to all the parents listening out there, it really is a unique season, the COVID yeah. season. Um, so figure out how to not miss out on what's unique to this season. And um, I think when we take some time to do that, we're just always glad we did on the other side of it. That's right. So moms, dads, grandparents, foster parents, other caregivers, this is a great work. It is a great work, and we get to be a part of it. God has given us this gift and this responsibility. Sandra, thank you so much for being on this podcast. It has been a joy to have this conversation with you. How can our listeners find out more about your work and connect with you? Well, let's see. Um, I do have a website, sandrastanley.com. Um, we have got a couple of devotional books out on breathing room, developing mm-hmm. some breathing room in our, in our parenting and in other areas of our lives. And then of course, comparison trap. So yeah, website, social media, all that stuff is just Sandra, Fantastic. Sandra Stanley. Uh, yeah. Instagram, Sandra W. Stanley. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> Very good. And you can check out the comparison trap Bible study on you version too. That's is, right. is breathing That's room exactly on there right. too? I think Breathing Room is on there now okay. also. Yeah, I think so they both are. Download the Version Bible app, and then you can do the Bible study as well. But please go check right. out Sandra's work. It's all really good. Sandra, let me say a prayer as we wrap up our time. Thanks. Heavenly Father, uh, this has been so good and an important conversation because comparison never stops. But as Sandra just said, this is a great work that parents get to do. So help us to manage this tension and help us to give our kids what they need to learn how to honor others. Help us to model it, help us to celebrate it, and even help us to help our kids practice it in all these ways that we can win with our kids as they grow up so that they can live honoring and honorable lives as they grow up and with their families that they raise as well. We're grateful for this time and we glorify you in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Parent on parents, you got this. 
Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit foresthill.org.